to Quirky Cooking Chats. I'm Jo Whitten, your host, and I'm really happy to have you here in my kitchen with me today. We're going to cook and we're going to chat and we're going to have a lot of fun. Going to show you one of my favorite use up the leftovers meals. This is my lentil, lamb, leek and lemon soup. And you'll see here I've got a beautiful lamb stock that I made with uh, lamb shanks. So that's just lamb shanks covered in water with a bit of salt and pepper and simmered for three to four hours until the lamb's really soft. And you'll get that beautiful gelatinous stock. And um, this is really great for healing the gut because it's so high in the amino acids that mend cells. So we're going to use this as the base for the soup. And in here, I've got one lentil sliced and you can see that I've used quite a bit of the green leaves as well as the white part. Um, I just take off the really tough outer leaves and use the rest of it. Um, I've got two big tablespoons of ghee and about four cloves of garlic, but that's really to taste. Two to four cloves of garlic, finely minced. And I'm just going to get that cooking and then we'll get started. So just on about medium heat um, and just, you wanna really just sweat down those leeks so that they're nice and soft and sweet. And then we'll add the rest of the ingredients. You can, of course, use butter instead of the ghee. I love using ghee when I'm stir frying or sauteing or cooking in a pan because it just doesn't burn like butter does. Um, as long as you keep the heat low, though, you can use butter, so either one's fine. Or if you're dairy-free and you want to avoid both ghee and butter, just use some olive oil. Um, or you can use some of the fat, the tallow, from the lamb stock. So that also is great for frying. If you save the fat off the top of your stocks and just pop them in a bag in the freezer, you can always use those for sauteing and frying and adding to your food. Now, while that's sauteing, I'm going to take the meat off the bones of two lamb shanks. Okay, you can see that that's just starting to brown. It's lovely and soft, delicious. So I'm going to start adding some stock now. One cup. Let's see how much I have. It's kind of really up to you how much stock you add. Just depends how soupy you like it. But probably a litre would be good. So let's see how much I have. <laughs> Two. Three. Oh, I did have a litre. Okay, so that's a litre of stock and a half cup. That's how much I had left, so may as well use it. Okay, I'm just going to put the lid on and let that simmer while I get the other ingredients ready. I'm adding in 400 grams of sliced carrot. You can really slice it thick or thin, it doesn't matter. Um, I just like mine quite thin. But it will cook down, slice it thicker. And I'm going to go ahead and add the lentils. Got three quarters of a cup of red lentils. These don't really need to be soaked because they just um, cook so quickly. So I just cook them in the stock. Stir that through. And I'll just replace the lid for now and keep it on low. 
I'll also add some fresh herbs. So I've got some fresh parsley, flat leaf parsley from my garden, a good handful. Um, a handful of garlic chives from my garden and I've got some rosemary which I had frozen so I'll just um, take the leaves off that and chop those up. Go ahead and add those herbs to the soup and I'll add some salt and pepper now as well. So just about um, a teaspoon or two of salt. I don't really measure, it's to taste so Add a little bit and then check it at the end and add some more if you need it and a bit of coarsely ground pepper. I'll also add in the cooked lamb now so I'm going to add two cups of the lamb from the shanks and just stir that all through. One thing I really love about soup is it really doesn't matter what the measurements are for this kind of thing you can just sort of use what you've got if you only have half a cup of lamb left, just bulk it out with more veggies. So it's all good. Um, I sometimes add potato to this soup, cubed potato, and that's also really delicious. Um, swede is good in here. Um, whatever veggies you like. But I'm just going to keep this one really simple. And it's just going to have the carrot, leek, garlic, um, fresh herbs, and yeah, the lamb and stock. And I'll add lemon at the end. I decided to add a little bit of dried thyme as well. I didn't have any fresh. Fresh is really lovely. So I've just added about a quarter of a teaspoon of dried thyme. So those lentils are nearly cooked now. Um, so it doesn't take long, only 15 to 20 minutes. Better get our lemon juice ready for the soup. So we probably need a couple of tablespoons. Just go ahead and juice one lemon and then we'll see how much that is. I recommend just adding two tablespoons and then checking the flavour and see if that's how you like it. You can add a little more if you want more. Let's see how this is going. Oh, that's looking good. But I think I want more lemon. So I'm just going to add, it's four tablespoons that I've added, but that's to taste. So two to four. Um, it is so tasty with the lamb stock. I absolutely love lamb stock. When I've been traveling and I'm feeling a bit worn out and run down, lamb stock is always what I want. It's funny. So there you are. From the time that it started simmering with the lentils in it, it took about 20 minutes and you can go a bit longer, 25, um, but it doesn't take long and you've got a really nourishing meal like to garnish that with a few more um, fresh herbs so parsley and chives and there you go it's lovely served with a grain-free muffin toasted with butter yeah. hey everyone i'm so happy to have elise with me today you all know elise right Yes, yes surely by now. <laughs> surely. Um, and I was going to talk about meal planning this week, but I think it can wait till the next podcast because I'm getting so many questions about gut health and gaps and healing with food and um, why am I eating the way I am. And so I thought, let's have a Q&A about 
um, about gut health and we'll answer some of the questions that we've been asked a lot um, and just help people to understand um, uh, what principles of gut health they need to work on first um, and which direction to go. And Elise is such an expert at this. Of course, I had to get her on the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's helped me so much and I know she's helped so many of you who are listening. Um, and Elise and I run an online program together called the Gut Health Formula. So you may have heard of it. Um, the next intake is October the 15th and we're just going to explain a little, about, a little bit about um, why we think it's important to look after your gut health, although most of you probably also know that that's important now, um, and just some little ways that you can get started if you're new to all of this. Um, Elise, do you want to kick off with a little bit of an explanation of um, what symptoms of poor gut health look like? Because that's one question I get asked a lot, is how do I actually know if I have leaky gut or poor gut health? How do I know? Do I need to go and get a heap of tests or what? Okay, so that's a hard one to answer in the sense that we'd be here all day with me listing the possible symptoms. So what's good to understand is how important the gut is as the basis of our health. So from there, you can then have a think about every aspect of your health and if you're thriving. And if you're not, then chances are there is something going on in your gut. Um, there's, the, there's the main symptom. Are you thriving? <laughs> are you thriving? That would be my first question is, are you thriving? Yeah. And then if you're not, how are you not thriving? Is your sleep good? How's your hair, skin and nails? They're just simple, basic ones that you can just have a look at. Um, when it comes to hair, skin and nails, our body is very smart. And if we're not getting enough nutrition, it gives up on the things first that don't matter as much. So hair, skin and nails don't matter as much for our survival. Taking care of our vital organs is the most important thing. So hair, skin and nails are one of the first things that our body would just say, well, I don't have time for that because I'm not getting enough nutrition. The way that relates to the gut is if you do have a leaky gut, if your gut's not healthy, you're then not absorbing the nutrition you need from food. So you could think about it, are you the kind of person that's been eating whole foods for a long time? This is like Joe's story and like my story. Yeah. Eating whole foods for a long time, thinking, I'm eating so well. That person over there is eating McDonald's every, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating so well. They look okay. I still don't feel okay. You know, I, a lot of people, I hear that a lot, that people go through that, like, oh, I'm like, my how can that how can that person smoke and drink and every day and they look healthier than me? That was yeah. my question back yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. So if you feel like you're eating well and you don't, and you feel like I should be healthier than I am, there's something probably going on with your gut. Uh, if you've got digestive symptoms, that sounds really basic and simple, but I still get asked that one um, because it isn't in the end. A lot of, um, a lot of professionals in the area, I'm not going to start naming, um, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to start naming different, um, <laughs> what do you call them, modalities, but there are some professionals that will say, well, you eat has nothing to do with something that's going on in your digest digestive tract. So I have a lot of people coming to me thinking that maybe it's not to do with their gut health when it is a symptom that's happening in their gut. So if we look at what else comes from our gut, it's if we have 
gut dysbiosis and leaky gut, then we have a situation where more toxins are going to be created for one. If we have too many like of the bad bacteria, that microbiome's out of balance, it's creating more of the toxicity. And then if you have leaky gut as well, that's going through into the blood uh, quite easily. And so then we're having this situation where the gut is toxic and that's leaking through into the blood. And so that's putting a load onto the liver. And then there's so many issues that can come from your liver not being happy. So from hormone issues, anxiety, depression, because of the production of our neurotransmitters relies on our liver. Uh, we need our liver to be detoxing our hormones. So that's why it causes hormone issues. If we can't clear our hormones properly. We end up with hormone imbalances. And thyroid. So 80% of the thyroid hormone relies on liver um, to produce the thyroid hormones. Also, it kind of then goes down the path of if your liver's not happy, then you're not going to be producing enough bile and sending that to the digestive system to digest fat properly. And so then you're going to be deficient in your fat-soluble nutrients, vitamins A, E, D, and K. So think skin health, brain health, energy. Um, so there's lots of things coming, bone health. Um, so lots of things coming from there. So you can see there's just this knock-on effect that happens. Mm -hmm. And it really, the gut relates to every other part of our body. If you are fatigued, if your joints are aching, if you have allergies or intolerances, uh, if you have anxiety, depression, learning difficulties, behavioral issues. So it's brain really, fog. yeah, brain fog. So memory issues, <laughs> um, skin issues. It's, it's really, if a human isn't thriving, gut health is going to be a part of the picture. I never try and sell it as being, well, forget all your therapists. This is the answer. I have it right here. I would never sell it like that. It's really that gut health is always going to be a piece of the puzzle in the journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you want to thrive, um, you need to stack the deck. So figure out every area of your life that you can work on one step at a time. Um, and gut health is one of those areas. Reducing stress in your life is another area. Making sure you're drinking clean water is another area. Getting out into nature and the sunshine is another area. So there's all these other things that impact on your health, but gut health is so foundational. And for us, that's where we saw the biggest changes when we started really working on using food as medicine to heal the gut. That's when we saw the big changes in our family. Absolutely. And when your gut health is not good and you are experiencing the symptoms of that. So for example, for me, it was like IBS symptoms, bloating, pain, distension, discomfort after eating, energy levels were low. And then I was getting a lot of sinus infections and there's a whole lot of other stuff going on as well. Um, but when I was, was experiencing that, it meant that I couldn't thrive in all areas of my life because it's really hard to go out and have joy and connection and connect with community and, um, you know, all these other aspects of life that are really important. So if you've heard me talk before, you might have heard me talk about the blue zones. I really love the blue zones. They're the areas in the world that most people live over 1900. And what they found is there's nine factors that go into people living that long. Um, those long and healthy lives and nutrition is just one piece of that puzzle and it's not perfect nutrition it's just generally whole food mostly plants um, and and very varied in all the different blue zones there's not just one specific way and when I say mostly plants that's not go vegetarian or vegan it is with meat as and animal foods as part of the diet but something 
and we might go into this further when we talk about the gut healing diets, but something people don't realize, they think, oh, gaps or paleo, oh, you just eat heaps of meat. I've never eaten more vegetables in my life. <laughs> Same. So cleansing. Um, so we might give you a little glimpse of the sorts of things that we dealt with when we were um, struggling with our gut health just to help people understand because I, I think it helps to hear someone else's story and we won't go into it in detail because both of us have told our stories many times on this podcast. But um, for our family, it all started with Isaac going downhill with his mental health and feeling very anxious, depressed. He had OCD. He had um, all the phobias and um, fears and you name it. It was just full on all the time, screaming, crying. Um, yeah, it just pretty much halted our lives. Um, and we had to really start working hard on our gut health to help him. Um, and it really did help. And he, he's just improved so much in one, in one or two months, we saw major changes for me. It was, and we all had food intolerances in the family. Um, for me, I had really, um, it's pretty severe food intolerances, especially to dairy. Um, that was the big one for me. I couldn't even eat butter or ghee. I would get really sick from that. Um, I also was very underweight. Um, I got down to 42 kilos at one stage as an adult. Um, I also had skin issues. Um, I was exhausted all the time. I had a Now cold. look at her skin. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big scar here that's healing, but other than that, oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually looking really good isn't it yeah, yeah. Okay. um so yeah we had so many like candida um mood swings this is like within the family um snoring histamine issues um constant colds chest infections i had the up and down blood sugar levels constantly and sort of borderline hypoglycemic um I had low blood pressure. I had, um, yeah, just exhaustion all the time. And that just in one year, the changes that I saw in my health were unbelievable. And those of you who've seen my before and after photos, were, it's, it's just amazing. Um, at least you want to mention the kinds of things that working through gut health helped for you? Yeah, so I had a lot of IBS from a, from as long as I can remember. So I had the constipation or diarrhea. I just thought it was normal. I just, I didn't even realize it was an issue until I went to the doctors once. And they, and for the first time when I was about 15, I was actually asked what my stools were like. I had a lot of candida issues. So I had a very white tongue, sugar cravings, binge eating. I used to get thrush a lot, acne, so I had a lot of skin stuff going on. I would get sinus infections, ear infections, cysts in my breasts, cysts on my ovaries, all of which are like kind of candida-based things. I would also get swollen glands a lot. This one I only remembered recently. So, yeah, I had some weird things like that going on. It was all very sporadic, so I was not a sickly person at all um it was just these things that were always popping up for me you weren't thriving <laughs> yeah i was not thriving and i felt tired a lot so i was really low in energy my iron used to be chronically low blood pressure chronically low as well 
And as I was getting into my 20s, so that was kind of like through my teens. And then as I was getting into my 20s, definitely the the gut stuff was getting a lot worse. So the IBS, the bloating, the distension, the discomfort. I think I, I experimented with cutting out dairy and then I remember having it again one day and just being like doubled over in pain. Like, okay, yeah, that. that too. That was definitely <laughs> part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just this collection of things going on that I got into my twenties and thought that, you know, this has got to change because this is really effect, starting to affect me more and more on a day to day basis. And anxiety and depression was really starting to play a big part as well. And I was getting a bit kind of manic depressive and that was really scaring me. I remember calling my mum and just saying, I'm on my I'm bipolar. Um, and it was just really starting to scare me. And But I didn't connect the dots. I didn't realise the gut stuff and the, and the brain stuff was connected in any way at all. So I just went on a bit of a journey of trying to deal with the gut stuff and then having my son. Um, I was already kind of on the bit of the gut health journey then already. But once I was pregnant with him, you know, it's about another human. And so I was just really, yeah, just on that journey, taking it step by step, not doing anything perfectly. It was just about learning as I went and it was always shifting and changing as I learned new things and changed my approach a little bit. And food really helped me. So using food as medicine, I did heal my gut. And I then could tolerate a lot of all the foods that I couldn't tolerate before. I could go through every day without this pain and distension. I remember saying to someone, do you like, uh, like feel like you've got to like move your belly around all the time? Like it's like, and I'm like, no. And I'm like, oh, this is not normal. Like I just thought everybody felt like this. I always felt this discomfort. Like I was always trying to like wanted to press on my belly and was always kind of pulling. I was like, used to do the same thing, just like press right in the sides to kind of get it to feel better. Yeah. And so that journey for me, it really then I was able to go through every day without having pains in the belly and uh, would see my energy really improving. And so I saw a lot of that improve. And then so for me, it was like, okay, diet is the answer. Like diet is the answer to life. Nutrition is the answer to life. This is the way and the only way. And I need to tell everybody about it, which is why I do what I do now. But I think everyone does that when they find a diet that they feel agrees with them. Yeah. And I can, I can see why it makes sense to me now. I'm like, because that's what made me feel better. So I felt like that's, that was what I had to maintain forever. And yes, really was like the pinnacle of my focus. And so then my journey with stress really took me on a whole new journey of understanding and bringing in all aspects of life. It was like, ah, okay. Gut health wasn't my answer and whole answer. It was my gateway to be able to then focus on all the areas of life that really matter so what where it was before when my health was not good was it was a barrier to me enjoying and experiencing life to the fullest and so it was rather than it being an answer it was more just taking a barrier away so that there was no longer that blockage and I could then not stress over food and wonder if I was going to have to run to the toilet in the middle of dinner with friends and you know, I didn't have to worry about anything like that. It was like, okay, I feel good. I have energy. Now I can focus on what's really important. So that was a massive lesson for me, I'd say. Yeah. One of the biggest. Yeah, I think the same thing um, happened to me. Just being able to um, cope with everyday life without ne needing constant naps and, um, you know, 
taking Panadols for headaches and all these things that seem so normal when you're not thriving and you don't realize it. And then afterwards, when you're feeling so much better, you're like, wow, I really wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Look back and remember. Absolutely. And everyone knows someone that's not like usually that's doing worse in terms of their health. And it can be really tempting to go, oh, well, I'm okay. Like I'm someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I have some clients that think, oh, you know, they say to me, oh, but I know like what I'm dealing with is not that bad. Like, I know you've got clients that are much worse. In the end, we're having our own experience. And Mm -hmm. if you feel like you are not thriving in day-to-day life, then I think you deserve um, to focus on that and, and change something. So you are. Yeah. Oh yes. That's so true. We tend, it's, I don't know about um, you, Elise, but I think most mothers have a um, tendency to put themselves last and um, everybody else gets helped and fed and looked after and have you taken your supplements and make sure you do this and do that and then you sort of get left till last because you're just too busy. Um, and I think I did that for so many years running on an empty tank and I had to learn okay, it's time to um, fill up my tank, get get myself healthy and well, and I'm so much more able to help others, including my family now. Absolutely. And that's, I do that. I'm like, I take good care of myself. Mm, and, I do too now. Yeah, yeah. So I think I have, yeah, I learned that lesson early on in parenting with Dylan mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, I do. And I think it's, and I also... We can get we can get onto the topic of parenting now, but I also speak well of my parenting, so I like to break that stigma. There's, I just know so many mums that are so hard on themselves, and I'm like, no, I'm a good parent. Like, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, it's okay to think you're a good parent too. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So um, let's try and go through a few of the questions that we get asked a lot about gut health, just quickly. Um, can you think of? a couple that you want to talk about and I'll, and I'll put in a couple that I want to talk about. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind is, should I go and do X, Y, Z testing? Should I go and do all of this first? And what's, how do I find a baseline and like what, you know, how do Which I test do I do? And yeah. So that's the one. And like, should I go and do MTHFR testing? Should I see if I have these gene mutations? Should I see, should I do microbiome testing? Um, so something in my approach is that I like to keep things really, really simple. And this is what I say my approach, but it's what I've learned in my education as a GAPS practitioner, uh, being mentored by Becky Plotner, who is a fantastic GAPS practitioner. Um, it's, it's really about taking a simple approach and taking it back to the, to the root cause. And that's why most people, when they do read Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride's book, um, gut and psychology syndrome um and there is a new book out now that you can i mm. think this can pre-order it's it gut and yeah. psychology syndrome which everyone's been hanging on because it's, mm. it's kind of looking more at the physiological side of it, which is great um but it's really about taking it back to the basics and having a simple approach and i find that i rarely need to test so my first step would never be testing. It's in a very, very, very rare case that it ever would be. Um, and it would only be when I'm really concerned about where somebody is at mentally 
Um, I might do a neurotransmitter test before I touch anything because I, I really want to know what's going on if there's something, if someone's high risk, if we're really concerned about someone. Um, so there's not many cases where I would start out with testing. The other way, the other area that I might start out with testing is if um, someone knows that they need to work on the gut health of their child, they're trying to get their partner on board and they say, if we did testing and I could show them something, um, you know, a baseline to go off, that'll really help, you know, for them to understand what's going on too. So in that case, you know, so I might do testing then too. But in terms of getting a baseline or understand what's going on with someone's health, testing when your body is in a bit of a muddle is very confusing. You can test every symptom and you can get answers. Um, And all the answers will still point to the same thing, that there's gut issues. So um, I find that I only test when it will change my approach. And the approach at the start for nearly everyone I work with is very similar. There'll just be slight differences depending on what's going on. But it's really about focusing on the same things. So it's healing and repairing the gut lining so that your body is able to absorb nutrition and it's not absorbing a whole lot of toxicity. It's changing the microbiome so that where the gut isn't this source of toxicity. It's supporting the stomach acid production so you can break down food. It's supporting the liver so that your liver can clear out and your liver can do its job. It's supporting the kidneys so the kidneys can do its job um, at clearing toxins out of the system. And you do all of this and basically it's like rather than going in trying to change anything at the start, it's like just pulling all the little plugs out that are blocking the way. <laughs> Um, and getting the system flowing properly. When you get every little cog in the wheel turning the way it's meant to be turning and you're making sure the food that goes in, your body's actually absorbing it and you're restoring all the nutrient deficiencies, our bodies are constantly seeking homeostasis. So homeostasis means that point of vitality is a really basic way of saying it. Our bodies are always seeking that. They're geared to be heading towards that. Our bodies have all the system it needs to heal and repair. We're we're constantly going through that process of replacing cells and healing and repairing. So when we have a system that is geared to head in that direction, we just need to make sure that nothing is in its way. And that when you think of health in that way, that the body is healing itself, we're just creating the circumstances where it can it really simplifies the way we approach things. And it's something I talk about a lot and I repeat it a lot. And with some of my clients, we need to talk it over again and again and again because it has been so drilled into us that we've got to take action on the body to change something, Um, that we've got to, you know, clear this out or cleanse this or fix this or do this, that we've got to figure out what the problem is and then we've got to, you know, put something in there to action it. Um, so it's really kind of changing the way we're looking at the way our body works that given the right circumstances, our bodies are able to thrive. So we just need to set those circumstances up. So that's what I focus on with someone first. And then if we get to a point where we're doing all of that, never will I do all of that with someone and not see improvement. So there you've just saved yourself thousands of dollars on testing because you've seen most of the things improve and then there might just be this one thing that's not. This one aspect, something's going on that's just not quite getting there, then we might test. And then we're testing something really specific and we know we've done all these other things to clear the way. Um, So it makes it the testing more uh, focused and, and you'll actually get something from it in that case where otherwise if anyone just starts testing, you will find things. 
and, and it's rewarding as a practitioner and as a and as a patient that like oh we did the test and we got this is going on like it, it feels like you're getting answers but um yeah like i said it doesn't really guide the approach and i have a lot of clients come to me with all their testing that they've done with other practitioners and they send me all the tests and i'm like and so what have you like what came from this testing nothing really like they don't even know like it says things but they don't really guided their approach and there's been no resolution yeah what what takeaways have you gotten from it yeah like um, it can be a bit it can be a bit like this great big jigsaw puzzle and doing the testing is supposed to help but it's still like a big jumble it and just you know that down all the wormholes in all these different directions yeah and then it's like so overwhelming whereas um if you just start working on those simple steps to begin healing the gut yeah like you say it simplifies things and then you can focus on what exactly what needs to be focused on yeah. um, and this is something that we get asked all the time but how do i begin because i'm so overwhelmed with my health um i'm so stressed out about changing anything my kids won't eat new foods i don't know how to do this this is um probably the main thing i get asked is but how do i start how do i start working on healing the gut um, so this is something that we really go into in great detail in our gut formula program where we take you one little step at a time towards um, healthier choices and towards um, foods that will heal as well as lifestyle changes that help with healing. And that's um, because we, start, we really start with the lifestyle stuff. Lifestyle changes, yeah. Um, so reducing the stress. Um, learning to um, find the areas of your life that are most important to start working on and picking one thing and starting there and not trying to do everything at once. And, um, you know, when you start a jigsaw puzzle, first of all, maybe you get the side piece, you know, the edge pieces and you start working on them first. And then you start finding the colours that go together and the patterns that go together. And it's kind of like that. I made an analogy. Like I know. I love it, Joe. As you're saying, I'm like, yes. Yes, that makes sense. I <laughs> love analogies. I speak my language. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then it makes sense. But if you just start randomly trying to put pieces together, it's just impossible. So, uh, so do you... Good analogy. Huh? analogy. I just thought yeah. it just then. <laughs> it's because my head's so clear because I've been doing a gaps reset. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will talk about in a minute. Yeah. Okay, so um, do you want to... Shall I go through a few of the steps or do you want to? Yeah, you just go. I've just started talking. You can talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so really simply, um, we talk about reducing stress. We talk about bringing in the really foundational healing foods and how to do that. So things like um, bringing in short-cooked meat stocks and what's the difference between a short-cooked stock and a long-cooked broth and how is it going to help. And um, it's just finding those foods that actually build the cells of the gut lining. So foods that are easy to digest and they're rich in amino acids. So your meat stocks and your egg yolks and your good fats. Um, so these things we start working into the diet without changing any other aspects of the diet yet. Um, and then we help people to um, start bringing in some fermented foods because that helps to rebalance the microbiome. Um, and then starting to find meals and snacks and um, breakfasts and 
um, all the things that will fit into your family and your lifestyle that are nourishing and that are simple and that are doable because we really believe that if you get this really great plan, you've got this beautiful meal plan that has everything detailed and you decide this is what we're going to do, but it's not doable and it's not sustainable on an everyday level, then it's no use. You're going to, you're going to give up and then you'll probably be more discouraged than you were before and say, well, that didn't work and you may not try it again. Exactly. Um, so we'd rather. Often it's because I couldn't do it because there's something wrong with me because I have no mm. willpower or I'm this or I'm that. That's what we do. And especially if you get that kind of program or something and, and it's maintainable for about two to four weeks, like and anything beyond that is just not sustainable. Not sustainable. Yeah. But in those two to four weeks, you see improvement then you will just yo-yo back and forth from that constantly because it's like, well, it was working. So it's just me that there's just something wrong with me that I can't keep doing it because it was working. But, and that's why it's so, it can be really hard to get that message across that it's like, if something's not sustainable, then it's not working. Yes. That's really important to understand. And one of the things that we have to really like, constantly reiterate in our program is slow down yeah no you can't jump ahead to module five and have all the recipes i'm sorry you've got to take this one step at a time exactly. um, slow down yeah. and we're always reminding people as well that um i hate this like shining on my forehead it's a reflection <laughs> <of the screen. laughs> i'm like trying to dodge I it i can't tell like this um everybody will be it's just the light guys the light everybody will be staring at it now going oh it's all right we all know what zoom videos are like yeah right um so yes we are yeah we're always reminding people as well that there is enough information in there to keep you going for 12 months. Like there's 12 months access to the program. And so we get a lot of people like, oh, I'm so behind. And it's like, it's okay. This eight, the eight weeks that you have us with you supporting you through it is for some people, they might not change much at all in that time. It's just a, to, to spend that time just hearing it all, understanding it, sitting with it, thinking about how that's going to work. Soaking it in. Yeah, soaking it in, maybe changing a couple of things or maybe just working on reducing stress, knowing that all the information's there for the next 12 months to be going back and revisiting. And it's like nothing, there is nothing to lose there in that sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I find that's what we spend most of our time doing is coaching people that it's okay, like to slow it down one step at a time because we could put together a program that is like follow this for six weeks and this step by step and you would see massive changes. We could do that. That's good bang for the buck. We'd get great feedback, um, but we know it wouldn't be sustainable and it wouldn't make lifelong changes for people and I'm not in it for anything besides that. Like I want and to... It's, mm. and, and our whole, well, one of our main goals is to help you reduce the stress, not create more stress because mm -hmm. um, as Elise often says, Stress trumps all. <laughs> and I also you, say, um, you can't be more, you can't get, you can't, is it, Joe? What do I always say? You can't, you can't, um, you can't you sacrifice your health in order to be healthy. Yeah. I knew it was something like that. Yeah, you can't sacrifice your health in order to be healthy. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. 
it's really, really good to see people um, finally getting hold of that concept after a few weeks in the program and going, I think the penny's finally dropped. I realise so now how stressed I was yeah. and, and, so and how that has affected everything in my life exactly. and that it's, it's okay to have a bit of a roller coaster and go up and down and be slow and it's just doing those tiny little things that are going to make changes in the long term. Yeah. And eventually you will improve and you will start things as you start pulling out roadblocks, the train or the train, I don't know if trains are trains, no. As you start pulling out the roadblocks, you can go faster. Yeah. You know, and you start to um, heal quicker as the further you go along. Like for me, I didn't feel like I saw big changes for a year. And then the big changes started happening and I was like, wow. So, yeah, we forget how long it takes to really heal and I think that's something to remind ourselves of that um, it's okay not to see things happen super fast. It will happen if you keep building the foundations. Yeah, absolutely. And when you do take it slowly, that's when you do see the big changes. And I'd say more often than not, you'll see you'll see something, you'll see some benefits start happening. We've seen that in the group already. People are commenting yeah. on different benefits they've seen already. So, yeah, and we're happy to keep reminding people because it took me, like, there's a massive lesson for me about stress. Like, I knew it. It's like the thing you know, but you're not embodying it, you're not living it. So it took me, yeah, it took me years to really get it with, okay, mm -hmm. right, so rather than just kind of separating out nutrition and going, right, I have to really achieve high in this area. It's like if you look at the whole picture and look at stress as being one input, whether it's psychological, psychological, physical or chemical stress, which, you know, gut health falls into those. So if you look at stress as one overall input and you're trying to reduce the overall input of stress, that's when you can see, okay, well, if I'm just stressing about food all the time, that is not reducing my overall input of stress. And stress is what causes disease. So whether it's physical, psychological or chemical stress, that is what causes inflammation. So we can be stressing over food and getting that right and running around um, like a headless chook trying to get all the things done for all the people. And that kind of stress and your adrenals and that whole picture that's going on there is negatively affecting your health. So you're better to go and get takeaway than you are to be extremely stressed about food. So that's where you've got to find the balance. Yeah. So for those of you who are just thinking, I just want some small steps to begin. I'm not going to do a program right now or I can't right now, but I want some small steps to work on. Um, yeah. The first thing we would say is look at the busyness and the, things in your life that are causing you um, stress. I know when I first started having, oh, years ago when I was really struggling with hormone issues, my naturopath that was working with me at the time said to me, are you stressed? And I, because that will really affect your hormones. I'm like, I'm not stressed. I love my job. I love my, um, the, you know, all the work that I do online. I love traveling and speaking at seminars. I love homeschooling. I love all the cooking from scratch that I do and the more we talked through it the more I came to understand that just the constant busyness intensity of my life um, with hardly any downtime was causing a low level stress all the time and that 
that I didn't understand that that was stress. I thought stress was being, you know, depressed or anxious or whatever. And, um, but just the constant intensity of my life was a stress on my body. Um, so just finding those times to take time out for yourself and to um, take time out with your kids and your family and just really letting things be a bit slower, slowing life down. I know a lot of us have slowed down a lot during COVID um, and that could be a good thing um, for a lot of us. But, yeah, it's just probably that's the first thing um, that most of us need to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it can be the hardest thing to start with. I've got clients who are like, you know, so willing to do everything food-based and so many at this point when it's like, right, yeah, that's tangible, I can do that. And the hardest thing to do is actually the most important thing to do and that's slowing your life down. It's really challenging saying no to this. Yeah, it was a massive lesson for me. I thought I had it and then I realised, oh, my gosh, look at all these things I'm doing. Right, something, you know, and it really affected my health. It put me into adrenal fatigue and that's a big one to turn around again. That still affects me. Yeah. If I push too much, I can still feel the effects of that. You just don't want to get to that point of adrenal fatigue because Uh -uh. that's the point at which it gets taken out of your hands, how you're approaching your health because you just have to rest. When you get to that point, you have to rest and you have to heal and you can't go you know you need to be careful with your energy levels you need to careful the exercise you're doing and if what you're doing is not sustainable if you are that busy stressed person that's got a lot going on and you're always rushing from one thing to the next and there's always something on and you're not giving yourself that downtime you will reach a point that you burn out because there's time you owe that rest time to your body and it will take it whether it takes it whether you give it to it you know, on a day-to-day basis or whether it takes it from you at some point when you're sick for weeks or you've got adrenal fatigue and burnout and you've got to, you know, um, so some of my clients, it's like laying in bed for months. So mm. I just think it's while it's in your control is when you want to work on that and mm. really understand that our bodies are not designed for the lifestyles that we live. And if we just go with the flow of life, it will be busy you really have to pay attention and be onto it to pull it back. That's so true. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's something you have to actually be mindful about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to just mention any really small tips for the food side of things for people who just want to get their head around what kind of things you need to think about when you're trying to work on improving your gut health? Okay, so the two really basics are that you want to be healing and sealing your gut lining and then the other one's the microbiome. So they're the two real basics of gut health. So with healing and sealing the gut lining, you might be looking at um, meat stocks. Meat stocks are the absolutely best thing you could be doing. So the difference between meat stocks and bone broths is that meat stocks are a shorter cooking time and you're using cuts that have meat and joint and connective tissue on the bone and they're raw. So it could be something like, you can use like chicken carcasses and necks and feet and chicken drumsticks and um, wings all make great stuff. You can also use things like lamb shanks, lamb soup bones if you can um, source those, beef, osobuco oxtail and beef soup bones. So using them all from raw and even though there's bones in there, well, there has to be bones in there. Um, it's got meat and connective tissue all close to the bone. So beef soup bones still make a meat stock. 
in that it's got all the connective tissue and marrow and all those things on there. And so the cooking time is a big difference is that when you're doing a meat stock chicken, you're cooking for two hours, lamb and beef, you know, four hours for lamb, beef for around six hours. With bone broth, it's like cooking for large amounts of time, like 24, 48. Mm. So what's going on is that what we're really wanting for a healing, um, a healing stock is these amino acids like gelatin, glycine, proline that are in all the connective tissues. They're what is really healing and repairing. And when you cook for long periods of time, you cook those out. And so bone broths, even though people will still get like a gelatinous bone broth, it's gelatin from deep within the bone. It's a different thing. Um, so what we're really needing for healing and repairing the gut is meat stocks. I still do meat stocks because I find they mm. taste better and I know they're the more healing stock. So they're still what I do. It's rare that I would ever cook or consume a bone broth now. And so meat stocks heal and repair the gut lining. So that's one factor with the gut. It's a symbiotic mm. relationship between the gut lining and the microbiome. We want both to be healthy uh, and they, you know, they look take care of each other. And so meat stocks is starting that process of healing and repairing that gut lining and creating like the healthy soil for the microbiome to live in. If you're not ready to do meat stocks, then you start with gelatin. So you just buy gelatin powder, like a good grass fed beef or pork gelatin powder. And you just start there. I do see people have um, results doing that. It's never going to be as much as the meat stocks. But if you have to get yourself really stressed in order to try and bring in meat stocks, that feels really overwhelming, then you're not going to get the benefits of it. It's not worth it. So starting with gelatin is a really good place to start. And I suggest just adding it to cups of tea, like particularly peppermint tea. You will not taste it in there. Uh, and smoothies and just anything that you can add it to. You can add it to food as well. So I would just be starting with gelatin. And... Hmm. And then looking at it from there, you know, when you're ready to start the meat stocks, then moving on to that. So that's with the healing and sealing and repairing the gut lining. And then with the microbiome. So fermented foods and probiotics. That's what we're really wanting to get in there to start changing that microbiome. So this has also got your two options. You can be making your fermented food, which of course is the best option to be making it at home. But you can also buy it, which I do probably 80% of the time now because it's, I find it really hard to have the time to do the ferments because I have so much else going on in my life. So, um, and there's times at which I'll prioritize that, but then I have to let other things slide. And so, you know, things all shift and change with what, what's your current priority and what you're currently focusing on. So at the moment, I buy most of my ferments because I have access to really, really good fermented food where I live. So, and most of us do if you can go to a health food shop. So that's your easy option is that you can just buy fermented foods and start bringing them into your diet. And you can also start on a probiotic. So just a good broad spectrum probiotic um, that, you know, it's got quite a, you know, at least eight different strains in it and you're getting around at least kind of 25 to 50 billion CFUs, which is just written on the container. So you're just looking at something like that. So yeah, they're the, they're the two ones I would focus on. So you're healing and sealing the gut and you're starting to change that microbiome. So they're the two things that would give you that kind of beginning place that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck as well that you're going to start mm. making some changes there. The other thing that I would suggest is start thinking about your food as whole foods predominantly. Like just start really looking at what you buy and saying, okay, if this is in a packet, 
what are the ingredients? Don't worry about the calories. Look at the ingredients. If it's got additives, preservatives, colors, even natural flavors, they say natural flavors, um, any of that, just put it aside. This is something to work on, I realize, but start looking for just basic ingredients. And this is one thing that for some reason we get this head you know, um, thing in our head that it's harder to eat healthy. But really I found it once I started changing to whole foods, I found it so much simpler because I would just go to the grocery store. I wouldn't even go down the packets aisles and I would start just shopping for um, veggies and meat. And most of the time I didn't go to the grocery store. Most of the time I bought it from the markets or my CSA box. I'd get my lovely organic or pesticide free veggies there um, I started buying in bulk which I talked about in the last video um, and I started getting really good quality meat and veggies and that is the basis of our diet and really the other things are now and then foods so if you've got really good meat and veggies and and things like nuts and seeds and things like that um, eggs um, oils good oils and good fats um, that's sort of the basis of your shopping so it simplifies your shopping and then it also simplifies your cooking. Um, so for those of you who've been watching my stories, my videos, stories on Instagram and Facebook, um, you'll notice that I'm doing really simple meals at the moment, like so simple that it's embarrassing to post them. <laughs> but that's why I'm, I'm feeling so well because whenever I pull back and go, I need a reset, I'm just going to go back to um, soups and stews and really simple meat and veggies and stocks um, with some egg yolks in there and some good fats. My health just goes, yay, my body just goes, yay, my skin. My, you know, and it's at first um, it can be hard to avoid things like breads and things, but the more that you get into this way of eating, the more you go, actually, I don't really feel like I need that. And, and of course, it's okay to have. Um, treats now and then but if you really are working on healing um, start working towards having the simpler whole foods and just making simple nutritious meals from good yeah. quality basic whole food ingredients yeah. and the best way to focus on that is focus on what you're adding into your diet then rather than what you're taking away from your diet so if you think all right I want to eat more whole foods and then start with one meal. Okay, I want to eat more whole foods at breakfast. What can I eat for breakfast that's really whole food and good? Soup. Um, <laughs> yeah, soup or bacon and eggs with some avocado and spinach and tomato. So, you know, if you start like that one meal at a time and something I really, really encourage people to do is start building trust with your own body in that, it's not about willpower. It's not about shame, blame, guilt, and deprivation. That is never going to get you anywhere. If that is the approach you're taking, I can, spoiler alert, it's not going to work. Like it just <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't ever work. It's just really unhealthy, um, both physically and psychologically to take that kind of approach. So if you know you're already in that headspace, that's when it's like, okay, right, I need to take a step back here. Um, and moving towards something just a step at a time rather than going, 
okay, I've had enough of this now. I'm starting my lemon water detox tomorrow. You know, like we go real drastic with like, okay, this isn't okay. So I've got to jump to that end and I've got to just go drastic here. One ditch to the other. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I just really encourage people to take a step back and take a more wide angle view of their life and how, what being healthy really means to you. And it's not just something to do with weight or anything like that what being healthy actually means, what that's going to achieve for you, why you want to be healthy. Um, and for me, I my health priorities are that, like, I want to live long and I want to live healthily. I want to be healthy into my 90 and 100s um, and I want to be, like, moving and active and feel good in my body and thriving. And I want to have joy in my life. I want to do and achieve the things that I want to do. I want to feel connected to nature. Um, and have really like wonderful experiences in nature, going bushwalking and things like that. So, you know, when I really think about my health priorities, it's, there's no specifics about food there, but I do need to feel well in order to do those things. And I want, I need to be thriving in my health. So, yeah. So I've just really encouraged people to start looking at it in that way, because otherwise we get too bogged down in the details of, well, I saw on Instagram that they're doing this lemon detox thing and it looks great and they got all these results. And so I need to do that because I'm not good enough as I am right now. So I need to do that and then maybe I'll be better. Well, I'm going to just do celery for three weeks. Yes. Celery. (laughs) I'm not. No. I wouldn't let it. Um, So, yeah. So it's really, really important to, to look at the bigger picture. And, yeah, I just... If I could just get every person and get them trusting their bodies, my job on this earth would be done. I just (laughs) really, really feel passionate about that because I have been that person where I was yo-yo dieting. I've been extreme in my approaches and just thinking if I just, that worked for a week, so that was the answer, but I'm just not good enough, so I can't do it. Um, Yeah, I just, I, I really know the other side of that coin now when you do take it step by step and you do trust your body. Our bodies are so intelligent and our body is always seeking nutrition and it's always seeking health and we just need to know how to understand that and pull out the roadblocks yes that's right um so the last question we'll just quickly answer is joe why are you doing gaps intro again (laughs) (laughs) at least told you to (laughs) at least made me no um so I'm, i'm just doing a short reset so like around about a month um, with my two boys as so much as possible. Uh-huh. What did you say? That's so, so she thinks. Uh-huh. No, I'm joking. Well, I, I've always realised that I feel best when I stick to really simple basic foods with low starches and, um, you know, really low in sugars, high in the good fats, um, plenty of fermented food, just like we've been talking about. These healing foods, I feel amazing when I eat this way. Um, but, you know, life gets in the way and you start going, well, I'm out and about and I'm just going to have a bit of this and a bit of that and then um, slowly energy levels decline and it's good to do a bit of a reset now and then. My eldest son has also struggled for, um, well, it all came to a head about probably a year and a half ago, I think. Um, we had water damage in our house and he became ill with mould illness. Toxins in the, from the mould made him sick because he doesn't detox well. 
Um, so he had to move out of our house and then we started really working on detoxing the mold with him and he didn't want to go back on gaps at the time. So we just worked on as clean a diet as possible, like close to gaps, but he still had some starchy whole foods. Um, and he also was on certain supplements to help with the detoxing and he came good and he was doing really well. But just this last couple of weeks, he got sick with the cold and it really knocked him. So that showed us that his immune system is still not great. Um, so we decided a bit of a reset, gaps intro for a couple of weeks, a few weeks. And um, yeah, getting back on those supplements that help him and he's picked up again and we're just working through that. But, you know, gaps doesn't have to be this great, big, scary I've got to do it for two whole years. I've got, you know, it can be something that you're just use the principles of GAPS, which are traditional healing foods, easy to digest foods, foods that heal the gut lining and foods that balance the rebalance the microbiome, so fermented foods, and just start bringing those principles, like we've been saying, into your diet as much as you can and you can start to see those changes happening. And if you need to do something a bit deeper, then you can go a bit deeper. Yeah. Um, and it may only be a month like we're doing. It may just be a short. And, and when you've got a time frame in your mind, it's much more doable. If you go, okay, I'm only doing this for a few weeks. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you can, it's like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. And that is a big thing with our program is that mm. it's kind of, I always say it's like a choose your own adventure. That it's, it's, a, it's really about implementing as little or as much as you want. In the end, the principles remain the same for everyone, no matter where they're at. It's, it's the same mm. principles that come into play of what makes us healthy and thriving. And so you can really kind of take these principles and look at, okay, well, I might just start bringing meat stocks into our diet, but it's not necessarily doing gaps. So um, we barely kind of mention gaps in the gut health formula because it's really not about that. It's just about, hey, here's all the kind of healing principles that helps the body to thrive. Here's how you can bring them into your life. And then you take that to whatever level you want to, whether you want to just do whole foods. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so whether you just want to do whole foods or do like 90% whole foods or what, whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve, it's just looking at the process of how to do that and then you just find wherever that suits for your family, whatever is suiting where you guys are at. Yeah. And we all just do the best we can with what we've got and where we are. And um, I know many people worry that, well, I can't do organic food. I can't afford it. And so I can't, you know, I can't heal. Yes, you can. We never have done 100% organic. We just do the best we can. And um, we've definitely healed just getting as many veggies in as you can and easy to digest foods and healing foods and meat stocks is just really healing. And even if you can't do it all organic, you will see differences. Yeah. And basically, if you're eating food, then there is something to gain there. Like, it was. Mm starting to change how you're doing it um mm. so, and none of it has to be perfect and that's yeah. we've always had this mentality diet starts monday kind of mentality of like well then you know it starts monday and then i'm on the wagon and then it's like oh then it's really strict and we you get to thursday you fall off the wagon and you go oh well it's the weekend i'll start again monday <laughs> yeah we don't do that so there is no falling off the wagon in this approach as well it's like really about um you know you might be eating all your really 
good whole foods all week and then you go to a party on the weekend and then there's cake there and you end up having a piece. My, like whenever a client says to me, oh my, you know, this happened, I'm like, did you enjoy it? Like, enjoy it. That's the most important yeah. thing. Enjoy it. Enjoy your time at the party. Like, it doesn't matter. Don't eat it with guilt. Don't eat it with guilt. That's what I don't like. Mm. So I'm like, you just, you just make that decision. You go for it. You haven't ruined anything. It's just in that week, if you look at it more like, oh, look how many good foods I got in that week. That's great. Exactly. You know, we really, that's how we focus on it. The more healing foods you can have in your diet, no matter what the whole diet looks like, the better. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope that that's answered a few of your qualms about going onto a gut healing diet and that it doesn't have to be big and scary and it can be a gradual, gentle approach and that it still will, it still will make you a gradual, gentle approach. I actually, that's what I encourage. That's right. Yeah. Um, Because that's what we really want to help people with. Um, If you want to know more about the gut health formula, what was the link again? I'll put it below. Yeah, that'll be easiest. Um, and it's a, it's a, at the moment, it's on elisecomfort.com slash the gut health formula. There you go. So, but, but yeah, we'll, put, we'll the, put the link below in the notes and you can click below. Um, and I just wanted to quickly mention that I'm also working on a gut health cookbook and Elise is writing the forward section with lots of really great tips on healing the gut for beginners. So how and why and the you know the bits and pieces that we get asked a lot will be at the start of the book and then all the recipes in the book will be gut healing recipes very nourishing and delicious and very very simple so one of the questions i've been asked is can you please make sure your recipes in the next cookbook are really accessible ingredients believe me they are they're all the kinds of things that you could buy at a supermarket they're not weird and wonderful they're basic whole foods um, and we've been photo shooting for the last week. It's been so much fun. Um, I have been cooking all day, every day from 6am till 5pm for the last four days. I wish and I was in your house eating that food. I know. I wish you were too. My fridges, two fridges are overflowing. <laughs> I have been giving food away to neighbours and parents and sisters and nieces my neighbor up the road, as soon as she knows I'm recipe testing or photo shooting, she's like, I'll be down later. I'm like, okay. (laughs) She brings her containers. I told her she could. (laughs) She's always cooking for other people. And it's like so nice to be able to give her some, but um, yeah, it's just been really great. And the um, photographers have never eaten this way and they, are giving me really good feedback on the food. So, guys, you know, someone who doesn't already eat this way is saying this food is amazing. We were wandering around the markets in Cairns this morning getting photos and everywhere people were stopping asking, you know, what we're taking photos for and we were saying, oh, it's for a cookbook. And she'd start going, her food is amazing. I've been eating it all week. (laughs) And then they're like, can I have your business card? I'm like, sure. (laughs) so I think I should just keep her um but yeah we've had a lot of fun and I can't wait to share this book with you it will probably be April next year but the pre-orders will be by the end of this year um and we will have a little sneak peek recipe ebook for anyone that pre-orders so it's going to be good fun so yes exciting yes I'm buzzing a little after this I thought I would be so exhausted today 
and I've gotten back from, yeah, this three-hour round trip to the airport plus a full day filming and photo shooting in Cairns. And um, I'm just like, yeah, fine. Energy. <laughs> well, you should, you really need to do one of your photo shoots in Byron Bay. I think so. Yeah. And leave all the food in your Leave fridge. all the food for me. for <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, thanks, guys, for watching. If you do have questions for me or Elise, feel free to go to our websites and click on the contact and send a question or go to our Facebook or Instagram. Um, Elise Comerford. Oh, sorry. What's your, your Facebook and Instagram? Um, my Instagram Elise, at Elise, Elise Nutritionist. My Facebook slash Elise Health. Um, and if you are, I do do free 30 minute consults. So if anyone's looking for some support, I also have a clinic now full of practitioners. I'm so exciting. I'm very, very carefully selected practitioners and we all work together on every client. So it's really amazing how things are flowing now. Um, so yeah, you can email support at elisecomerford.com um, to get um, some info on that. So good. Hi, Dylan. Oh, I saw that little head. <laughs> I also haven't told many people this because I don't want a giant influx because I have so much to do on the cookbook, but I do have mentoring sessions um, that you can book into with me for things like the, all the practical side. So um, working out a list of meals for your family that you can make your meal plans from, just very simple meal plans, not super detailed, scary, overwhelming ones, um, helping you with the meal planning, helping you work out routines and um, like flexible routines with your kids so that you can find the headspace and the time to actually work on all the things you need to work on and you're not overwhelmed and rushing every day. Um, I homeschooled for 17 years and ran a business at the same time, two businesses sometimes. And um, I have taught parenting for 10 years, including breastfeeding training, sleep training, um, and, and flexible routines for children. So I actually decided to bring all of that together in these mentoring sessions to help people with food for special diets, find, giving them recipes for their particular needs and for their family helping them to make a meal plan helping them to get a routine in place because all these things like we're saying there's a big picture um it's not just change the food there's so many other things to think about and so i can help with some of those as well so i'll put the link below for that there's not heaps of spaces available until after october um, but yeah that's another thing that i'm doing now awesome thank you so much for being on the show elise that's and i'm and, and Dylan, have a great weekend. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.